Welcome to Goosebumps, a podcast from the boys with Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. I'm Andrew. And I have a voice. I came to read your books. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> See, my I didn't change my voice because the scariest scare is sort of the one that you brought with you, the one that you have inside you all, the friends scare you made along the way. With the like, one that brought you a uh, just like uh, normal, uh. normal, regular, everyday things can be scary. You know what else is scary? Mm-hmm. Numbers one, two. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so you're the count now. <laughs> I love so if, okay, to count. Okay, so if you're, the count, if you're the count, genius, why don't you tell me how many Goosebumps episodes we've recorded? This is the third episode of Goosebumps, a bespoke R.L. Stein Goosebumps podcast. We are going to be talking about monster blood. See, I dialed it in on that one. It's really hard good, to keep yeah. this guy in check. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, he's monster blood. It's fun to say. <laughs> so that's the third book in the original Goosebumps series. Yes, true. Published in 1992. September 1992. Co- I cover- was turning six years old. Nice. I would have been nearly seven. Not uh, a competition, eh? It's not a competition, but you are always losing. And I just, and I wonder if that factors the into why it's not a competition. The thing is the in. in- Voluntary march of time. <laughs> uh, so the cover of the original Monster Blood, the the new ones are all very, you know, the old fifties blob movie. Yeah, I, yeah. Did you know that that movie was filmed in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, not far from us? Oh, nice. I have That's seen. Cool. I have seen, among other things, It's a Wonderful Life in the theater that they used in the Blob. Oh, huh. They do a blob huh. fest, Andrew. I thought you had seen the blob in the. Th- I have not been to blob fest yet. No, you haven't been to blob fest. We could go. We could, we've spooked over. Go down to blob fest. Yeah. But point being, this is going to be a very narrow cast of reference. But then they did another blob movie, like in the eighties, where the effects were much more eighties, and mm. the, it was not as sort of a slow-moving psychological thriller like the 50s one and the, so the new reissue goosebumps covers are the 80s blob to the 50s blob of the original book sure that's, yeah that's the long-winded point i have to make about well the movie the blob vis-a-vis goosebumps books covers isn't so is the reissue cover it's like a blob man coming out of a trash can right yeah Which it's kinda... like a he's sort of anthropomorphic human sort of or yeah, a, yeah, it, it does have a definite shape. Where in this, in the book, nothing like that. The original book cover, I mean, still not a hundred percent what the book is is d- describing, but it at least is like a bunch of green ooze, like creeping down some stairs with some glasses, sort of half submerged in it, suggesting that somebody's been somebody's turned into monster blood. Somebody's been eaten by monster blood. Yeah. Now, the thing about this book, to me... What's the one thing about the book Monster Blood? Yeah, let's... Eh, I've never read this book before. I've never read... I've read this one. Yeah. I have better memories of the second one, I think, which I think is the one where... It's on a plane? The protagonist eats the monster blood. Oh, no. The second... 
episode of the TV show Goosebumps was Monster Blood on a Plane. Excuse me, and it gets defeated was by it? airline food. <laughs> Because okay. it's the 90s. The oh, other thing... The 90s. Have you heard about this stuff? That is very 90s to me about this book is the slime aspect. Like, we're living in, you know... the golden age of slime? I, I th- if, you like, were, if you were an actor who appeared in anything, even remotely child-centric or, like, child-targeted, uh, you needed to be willing to... Get up on the stage at the Kids' Choice Awards, get your little orange blimp trophy, and get a bunch of green slime dumped on your head. And it was just the cost of doing business. Yeah, like my childhood was defined. Like who knows what that did to Rosie O'Donnell to be slimed so many times. It was just like it became, I think this was a little ahead of the curve of how big Nickelodeon slime was going to get. Mm-hmm. But it was a big part of Nickelodeon slime. Of course, we know that the Ninja Turtles uh, are the Ninja Turtles because of the secrets of the ooze. Right. And ooze, ooze is kind of a, a cousin to slime. Oh, I would yeah. Say. There's, the, there's all that slime in Ghostbusters 2. There's so just you got, like. You got Gak. Yeah, man. I we, mean, we're so. I, I don't know that the golden age of slime ever. Ended. ended because now it's just you get on YouTube and you oh, yeah. make your own slime at home. So they've really like slime has gotten sort of bespoke. Yes, that's true. That's just where this book starts and ends. And it's like, what if slime was scary and slime wasn't like, cool. but, but there are parts of this book where the slime is cool and they're just like partying with the slime <laughs> in some ways that are kind of whack uh, mm-hmm. to use a 90s word. But it does just like it helps for me. It helped ground us in the era, <laughs> right? <laughs> the goosebumps.fan.com says in the 2008 reprint, a human, a humanoid blob of monster blood is emerging from a trash can with stuff in it. End of paragraph. <laughs> that, I, if if you're listening and you have ever contributed to the Goosebumps fandom wiki, I need to really talk to any, you. Any fandom wiki. No, but specifically the Goosebumps one, because there's just gold in here. It's just so fun in here. It's good. It's a good place. Like, it, did you know that in the French version, Evan is Yvonne? Okay. Catherine is Catherine. Uh-huh. Andy is Dom. Dom? And Trigger is changed to Tiger. I guess now, Dominique would be Dom. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Also, there are, there are characters in the Dutch version who do not survive the Ooh. monster blood attack. What's the... Could you just tell? give me real quick, and then we'll get into the book, the name of monster blood in French? Oh, jeez. Do, uh, do you have it? Hold on. I'm looking it up. You I'm, can time code me if you want. Or you can just keep vamping. It it's might have just been... I'm going to put a time code here, but it might have just been Monster Blood. Oh, uh, no. I found it. Uh, look at number... Oh, boy. This is... a this is So just control F for Monster Blood on this page. Could you also give me the name of the series that we're doing this podcast about in <laughs> French? Cher de Boule? What does Cher de translate? Does that literally translate to... Oh, bumps like of goose or poultry bumps yeah poultry it bumps. must it must mean poultry bumps <laughs> just gonna shoot that through old google translate while you find monster blood oh song de monstre yeah that's pretty good 
It took yeah, them okay. six. It, it took them six years to put this book in French. <laughs> I mean, it's contains. It's there's a lot of nuance that you need to capture. Well, yeah, when you're um, translating it. Yeah, so it does, Google Translate does say it's goosebumps, but it also gives us more literally goose flesh and creeping of the skin. Ah, I do like creeping of the skin. The creeping of the skin. So let's talk about this book. It's the third book in mm-hmm. the series. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I, there isn't really anybody that I noticed in the cast list for the TV episode that's like super famous or anything. People mm-hmm. went on to act in things. It's Canadian actors. They're going to get paid. Yeah. Um, but this is the first book that has like magical stuff in it. So yeah, book two had had science. Had yeah, it was it was a science experiment gone wrong. Book one and this, and this one has yeah, this one has like spooky. There's a witch at the end. There's of a it, witch, which I I've I read this book a bunch of times. I did not remember that a witch did it at the end. I did not remember that part. Yeah, it was a real surprise. <laughs> I clearly remember the like the actual monster blood and like the continual growing uh-huh. of it. I sort of remember the low level teen bull, like the mini boss characters who who the yes. kids come up against a bunch of times. And I kind of remember the dog because I think pet like pets eating monster blood is a motif that, that there were four of these, so it's up there. In the original series, at least, as the one with like the most sequels, and oh yeah, sure, and animals eating monster blood is the thing. The well that old Bob Stein went back to a few times. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I just wasn't. The first book was ghosts, ghosts ish. Yeah, ghosts, vampires. Like they, they were well, caused that, by that a that factory accident. Sort of science too, because yeah. it was caused by a, a yeah a factory. And accident. this one kind of starts off. We'll, talk, we'll go through a little bit of Evan's story in just a second. Evan and Andy are our two kids' names. Not bad. Evan Ross. Evan and, Ross. And uh, Andy, not not an annoying little sister character, but a same-age friend character. Yeah. Cool girl in town. Cool girl in Newtown. Um, <laughs> he's, he's new in the town. Yeah. Where, in his new town. Yes. In his new town, where he's staying with his weird great aunt, aunt Catherine. Catherine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, his parents have gone <laughs> to Atlanta to look for houses. His, his dad got reassigned on very short notice. Okay, fine, that happened. Not not clear what dad's job is, but they're they're living in a hotel, I guess, and they literally, I guess it's a no kids hotel or something. They cannot bring their son with them, and they have no close family, so they're sending him to his weird great aunt. Mm-hmm. For an indefinite period of time, yeah. While they look for a house, at one point in Atlanta, there he's on the phone with his mom, and she's like, "Listen, kid, we're gonna need a few more days." <laughs> this so this I I promise this is. I don't think this will factor in to my parental rating, okay. which, I, which we'll talk about later in the episode. I do have them. I've written. I've written out. Oh, great. As I as we go, the the gradings are getting my notes are getting longer as I think about them harder. But I mean, I definitely am getting like, yeah, we're in Atlanta with no kid. Yeah, and this yes. is the best time. This is the happiest we've been in years. Like, mom calls Evan flush 
from the marathon lovemaking session in the hotel. We went and to the Coca-Cola Evan, yeah, factory. Yeah, we're going to need we're going to need a little more time to look for houses down here in Atlanta, which is definitely what we're doing. <laughs> Set him away with his stupid dog that they both probably hate. Yeah, the, this dog that they probably have to take because you know what? A lot of stuff happens in this book. Evan's never depicted like really uh, taking this dog no. for a walk or anything. So yeah, mom and dad probably have to take care of this dog. He's twelve, right? Twelve-year-old kid, twelve-year-old yeah. dog. And <laughs> I did. I noted that when when I think it's when he's meeting Andy and he's talking about how old he is and how old the dog is. And I was like, man. That also that raises a lot of questions. Like, we gotta we have a new baby. Let's get a tiny baby puppy at the same time. Also, I mean, unless they adopted Trigger from a the street. But I mean, but he's a purebred, right? He's a purebred uh, cocker, cocker spaniel. spaniel. Yeah, yeah. Dogs and goosebumps, not mutts, never mutts. Only purebreds. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, so, so his parents have they, ado- whole- they adopted him or something? Um, but, I don't. Yeah. I. I don't if it's in your notes I don't mm-hmm. want to know what the grade is but okay. did you put in your grading notes for the parents that at one point the dad says excuse me like he's I did, late that wasn't, from the cartoon No that wasn't that what doesn't factor into my rating Okay cuz that ga- if if I was going to give him a grade right now it'd be an A for excuse me princess. That's one of of I could probably count his lines of dialogue in this book on one hand. Yeah, and that's he's one in that them. one scene. Um, <laughs> okay, so Evan is in this town with his weird great aunt. She can't hear anything. Yeah. And for a period of the book, it just feels like a really rough depiction, stock character of an old lady you can't hear. Yes, she, so she's been, she lost her hearing 20 years ago. And she, according to the the characters in the book, has refused to learn how to sign or to lip read. Correct. And so most of the characters in the book just sort of, you you communicate with her through yes or no questions. She mostly ignores you. And then Evan gets into what I think is a pretty bad habit of yelling sort of nasty things at her while he doesn't think she's paying attention. Yep. Um, She, like, the scene, the drop-off scene is, like, really chaotic. Because her and she has a lot of energy, right? He, and I mean, and because it's a Goosebumps book, every t- four pages you're faked out with some like <laughs> fake crappy. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> some like jump scare that ends up being like, oh, it's a cat, it's a shadow, it was yeah. a dream, like you know the the standard stuff. Um, but she is like pinching his cheeks and yelling at him and. Saying she she's gonna put his dog in a pie. <laughs> yeah, and ask him to eat weird food. Yeah, um, asking if he likes girls, which is like the worst God. question that you can ask a twelve year old. Um, she did make a little outside pen for Trigger the dog, named mm-hmm. after uh Roy Rogers's horse. Sure, just wanted to put that out there. No, that's fine. Um, the things Roy Rogers from the. From like car- from the restaurant that you go to on the Pennsylvania turn. Well, he was a cowboy movie star first, and then yeah. And but then, that's what he is now. 
He's fast food. Yes. Is he? A, he's a place where I always sort of think about going, but then it only ever seems like there's one person working there, and I need to wait 45 minutes for a bad sandwich, so I go to the Sabaros instead. I don't get a sandwich from Roy Rogers. If they are there, I get chicken fingers, and I get a gun holster of French fries. <laughs> God, our geez. okay, Roy. Um, okay. <laughs> I, so I love when he realizes that he's stuck there and he says, what am I going to do here all day? No Nintendo, no computer. He hadn't even seen a TV. What am I going to do? Great. For, not, for non-90s kids. And there's the, the, other, the other tech reference I noted in here was wondering if Aunt Catherine had a VCR. Ooh, yeah. Which I do. Like, they did update those gravestone dates in Dead House. And I, so I feel like they really could have stuck in DVD player or something and, and gotten. Yeah, probably to the same but so for for kids who weren't 90s kids this was an era where you called all video games nintendo correct you went you went to your friend's house to play nintendo you did not play video games you played nintendo yeah and that was a even if you had that, a Sega. Su- such such was their dominance at the time is yeah. that they were so you would still if, if you read this book and you had not lived through that era you'd still know you know there's no nintendo switch there's no wii u there's no virtual boy, <laughs> but back, yeah, back. It just reminded me of the era where it was just go play Nintendo. It was just go play Nintendo, yeah. So, he including just, when they would call like repetitive stress in- injuries from playing video games, Nintendo Nitus. No, <laughs> they, was, so he that's goes. Not me making a joke. That's a real thing. I know. Uh, he goes out into the town, take his dog for a walk. He meets Andy. Mm-hmm. I like their little meeting scene because I like their meeting scene. I like that they're instantly friends like kids do. Yep. Because she's just like, huh, what's up with your stupid dog? Does it have a stupid name? <laughs> she rules. I think my name's stupid. Arl Stein always, he describes what she's wearing in great detail. And I do like her, all of her outfits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's one that's like a really an over a t-shirt that hangs down to her knees and like jeans. Yeah. Yeah. She's very 90s of her. She's Andrea or Andrea, but don't call her that. It's Andy. Um, And she's got to pick up a present for her cousin. Mm -hmm. Like, come to me, come with me to this uh, store, Wagner's Novelties and Sundries. It's a small town that can sustain briefly two toy stores. Yes. And a bustling metropolis. Have you ever read uh, Needful Things, Andrew? Uh uh. It's a Stephen King book where the devil runs uh, like a kind of a consignment shop, an evil I consignment have, shop. I have read or watched roughly 1,700 yes. riffs on that, yes. on I, that concept. I don't yes. think that Stephen King even originated it. It's, he probably didn't, but yeah. I thought that this is where Monster Blood was going to go a little bit. It's like it's got some old stuff in it. It's got like a hop-along Cassidy lunchbox. It's, yeah, it's where you go and you buy the evil crusty doll or whatever. And, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, de- definitely. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you f- what's this bag with a monkey's paw in it or something like that? Yeah, um, and, then you, and then you turn around to ask the weird eccentric shopkeeper a question about the thing that you just purchased and, it's, and the shop is gone. I mean, basically. They try, yeah. Later in the book, they try to return the monster blood and the store is gone. Yeah. Um I the 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 phrase Wagner's 
uh, novelties and sundries is not a clickable hyperlink in the Monster Blood wiki page, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that this is a missed opportunity for Goosebumps lore to have been built. It really could have become a sort of a Doctor Vink with a vuva sort of <laughs> yes, sort definitely. of deal. Yeah, I, th- I think Bob Stein should have had more recurring characters for sure. Yeah, I've kind of thought that sometimes and this this happens with the monster blood sequels like sometimes you get a sequel to a goosebumps book and it is the same people from the first one and then sometimes you get a sequel and it's just like well now these people have a haunted mask because sometimes the scares are like <laughs> like the same group of kids is not going to be As like scared. oh i put i put this mask on my face and it became my face again <laughs> oh no i'm scared we will like, <laughs> have to we'll have to check that next goosebumps episode because next episode we're doing say cheese and die again yes which i believe is the same people from the first one interesting we might have to like reissue the first one as a like a goosebumps oh that wouldn't be a bad idea yeah look at us making interesting decisions on the fly yeah just a programming note yep um so they get this weird can called they monster the, blood he sneaks back into the adult section of the he old goes through the beaded story yeah, he goes through the beats and he's back in the for some reason forbidden section yep. of the creepy old toy store with where the shopkeeper hates kids and loves that he doesn't have any customers until he suddenly goes out of business two weeks weird. later weird uh so evan finds this weird can he's been get so he's been given ten dollars by his mom and we hear constantly about the amount of money that he has left like ten dollars to a kid in the 90s was i mean i haven't looked up what that is in inflation since then but it's got to be like thirty dollars now at least Ooh, yeah i feel like if i got ten dollars in the 90s i was gonna go buy a soda and a star wars book it's enough money to get something yeah like and that's what his mom small says. somethings yeah. his mom like you know, kicks him out of the car and is like, here's $10, buy yourself mm-hmm. something nice. Which he then just carries around loose in his pants, which we find out later when he meets some bullies. <laughs> but so he buys this can, he, this can of Monster Blood, he pays $2 for it. Yeah. I don't know why he's so fixated on it. It's just a weird old blue can that says Monster Blood. And the shopkeeper's like, yeah, that Monster Blood is probably expired and you can't have it. And then the kids are like, well, come on. And then he says, well, okay. They and take- that's, this is especially like, Bob Stein doesn't seem what he to to know what he wants to do with this shopkeeper character. Like, to, does yeah. he know the the circus of horrors that that lurks in his forbidden room? Like, is it forbidden for a reason? Like, it's just, it feels like there's he is almost to like three different character and plot archetypes for this old abandoned shop and the person who runs it. And he never quite commits to any of them. You and, know what I mean, and there's not a real connection to the ultimate source of what is weird about the monster blood. Yes. Uh, and this is actually what really that like, kind of tripped me up. I had to like go back and reread parts of the book because like, okay, they bring the monster blood back to Catherine's house. Yes. And they've been like kind of looking at it, and she takes it. Catherine mm-hmm. does reads mm-hmm. the label and like kind of mutters to herself, mm-hmm. gives it back to Evan and says, "Be careful." And she kind of whispers it in a way yeah. where he's not sure that he heard it. And I, and I'm like, at that point, I kind of was like, I I was expecting it to be a thing where she knew something about the magic toy shop, like mm-hmm. things are. And I'm not, you know. 
Stein's got to put in some red herring so that we don't figure it all out too fast. But right, yeah, that's just his way. But I mean, it does kind of send me to think that yeah, they did just buy this old nasty can of Goop. like flubber from the store for two dollars, and there's nothing else to it. Yes, that is that's weird. a pretty big misdirect. Yes, that is, yeah, and it doesn't. I don't know. He hasn't done one of those yet. Like a kind of a, a dangling thread like that. Mm-hmm. In the, if we're looking at this as an oeuvre, Andrew. Well, of course it's an oeuvre. He's written 10 billion. Well, he's written or put put his name to many, many, many Goosebumps books. That's true. Um, so they go upstairs. They're playing with the monster blood. It You could touch it. It's cold. It stretches. It's like Flubber, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, Bounces. It stains. They take it outside and roll it into balls and play catch with it. And oops, Trigger eats one of the goop balls. Yeah. Bet you couldn't see that coming. Yeah. Trigger gets big. Well, Bigger. so that doesn't happen right away. <laughs> you, uh, he starts to grow. Yeah, I mean, he does start to he does start to grow, but it's not right away. Like the the other, you're also kind of learning other things that happen in this town like there is so this town has six people in it it's yeah. evan andy Catherine, the shopkeeper and these two horrible twins um there's also a veterinarian i guess sure right but maybe i mean maybe he's out of town i don't know <laughs> so uh evan meets these the the what what are the their beamers names? The, the beamer twins yeah and they're just like rick and tony rick and tony the beamer twins and i did note the they're basically exact, just two of that bully from calvin the, i this is the this is this is rl stein's idea of this is the worst kid <laughs> that rl stein can imagine <laughs> They were tw- they were twins, identical twins. Both were big, beefy guys with short white blonde hair and round red faces. They were both wearing dark t-shirts with the names of heavy metal bands on the front. Baggy shorts and high top sneakers untied without socks. Yeah! Evan guessed they were about 14 or 15. Yes! <laughs> if the rest of this book doesn't go the way it goes, I would love to hang out with these guys. If they actually didn't turn out to be as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a guy, a big beefy yeah. guy. I'd want to mm-hmm. hang out a, with a couple of big beefy guys <laughs> without socks. Yeah, high tops without socks. Whoa. Oh man, so smelly. Uh, so Evan's getting like chased around and beaten up by these two guys. Andy scares him off at one point. Um, when when they, when they do really beat him up later, though. Yeah, well, they beat the beat the bejesus out. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's rough. Um, but yeah, what they wanted, they take his money. They knock her off a bike at one point and take yeah, her bike, and they take her bike, and she's like, "Yeah, they've done this before. I'll just go get my bike back when they're done messing with it." It's sort of a the old like ignore the bully and they'll leave you alone or something. something but I like mean, they're that. the only other two kids in this whole town. So these bullies don't have anyone else. to, to Yeah. It, it, Andy seems to have an understanding. Like every, of it. every time Evan goes outside, these twins are there. <laughs> Andy's understanding of it is kind of like sheepdog and wolf. Like we, we are, we are locked in this battle together. Mm-hmm. And we will always meet each other. You mean like the Looney Tunes one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Though she does kind of want to break the cycle. Like, she wants to pound him, she says. 
Um, but what? So Trigger well, so, is getting okay, all bigger. This, all, this, all this is happening, and then we see in the can of Monster Blood. So Evan, you oh, know, trigger growing. trigger eats some, and so Evan opens it up. And, you know, it's like whoa, the can seems a little fuller. Maybe like Trigger didn't need as much as I thought he did. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, we like Trigger is is chained up in the backyard. It's too big. It's too big for his collar. The, the collar is is too small for him, and that's when Evan is like, "Huh, is this dog a little bigger?" And they take him to the vet. They take him to the vet. Who is paying for this vet visit? I think maybe they have animal insurance, or maybe he paid with it, paid for it with the eight dollars. Eight dollars <laughs> that left. he had. Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird for him to have a a growth spurt." Are you sure this dog wasn't just bigger in the first place? <laughs> You sure this dog wasn't always this big? Mm-hmm. Um, go- goose lighting him. Oh God, that's uh, what it's called. That's what it's called in a Goosebumps book. And there's one pivotal chapter. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where exactly in this kind of middle book sequence it is, but the trigger gets free and is chasing the twins. He's mm-hmm. big as a house, basically a pony. Yeah, a pony, and he's getting bigger. He's getting bigger all the time. And Evan is horrified, chasing after him. He can't get to him. And then he, like, wakes up. And he's like, oh, God, that was a nightmare. And he looks down at himself. And he's getting bigger. Yeah. And he's huge. And then he... Then he really wakes up. Really wakes the up. Old, the old double dream. The old double dream. I thought that there was going to be more body horror in this book than we I do. See, I think, that, I think they explore that more... In future ones, yeah, okay. So I do I, either in Monster Blood two or three, Evan eats or ingests some of the Monster Blood. Okay, because there some is way. there is what like towards the I can't remember. Has he talked? Has he quote unquote talked? Has he tried to tell his aunt about it before or after that's, the? Cat? That's not till a lot. That's not till a lot later. Yeah, when the cat knocks him into the bathtub. I don't remember. You keep skipping stuff. Like the the whole arc of this book <laughs> is that the monster you kept blood. You wanted to skip around and stay out of the basement. I was invested in the chain of events okay, of sure. stay out of the basement. Uh, but like the the point of monster blood is that every once in a while you look at the monster blood and you know what container it's in and how much of the container is filled sure. up now. Okay, and that's how and that's how you track the progression of time. And how scared you need to be of the monster. Okay. That, yeah, you're right. That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> so the the little blue can is, is beginning to overflow with monster blood. And so he puts it into a coffee can and gives Andy some of it. But then the coffee can is too full. Yes. And then, and then Andy has to put hers into a bucket. And it just it's growing a lot. Yes. And they, they have a conversation with each other where they decide against calling the cops or going to any authority figure because they would not be believed, which is like, I guess I understand that. But I also think if you took your coffee can full of monster blood and were like, okay, I know that this is hard to believe, but look at this in six hours and tell me if there's more of it. Like it's, it's, yeah, yeah. You have a thing that can be demonstrated to other people. The, the, but for the story to work, you can't. So that's what happens. Yeah, the the book does like rely on, and I think it mostly still works. It relies on that kid book 
kind of trope and, and vibe of like adults don't believe us. Adults yes. are not here for us. We, you know, I've been dropped off in this town. Andy I'm is. At, a, I'm, I'm at my weird aunt's and I've convinced myself that she hates me. Yep. My parents are off just. Like smoking <laughs> weed at the Coca-Cola factory, man. Yeah, my parents are down doing cocaine in Atlanta, and <laughs> there's just nobody I can tell this yep. stuff to. And Andy's like a Peanuts character. Andy doesn't have parents. I don't like. No, she doesn't. She's a little, kind of a little rascal ass. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, and then then there's just the Beamer twins. They're the Beamer twins around. who are sort of the god kings of the of the town. It's a wasteland out there. Um, and they try they try to go to the toy store owner, but he's not there. Yes, anymore. he's gone. He's gone. That's right. Um, and there's no you know you never hear from him again. Again, miss big missed opportunity for making him spookier or making him a recurring character. Because if you make him a recurring character, then. The kids know whenever he shows up, like, oh, stuff's about to go down. Yes. And they, I mean, they already know stuff's going to go down because they're reading a Goosebumps book. And like, if there was one where stuff didn't go down, that wouldn't be very scary. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it primes you for a, like, oh, this is this kind of episode. I'm, I, I enjoy this kind of episode. I'm excited about this now that this character showed up. Yep. 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 Anyway, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Um, the, the, he's going to get beaten up again. But giant trigger chases the bullies away, mm-hmm. and so after one of his interactions with Andy is when he gets jumped, and it's real bad. Yeah, like, like they actually beat him up pretty good. I was real. I like. I, I don't want to read pull quotes. Like it is really unsettling mm-hmm. the damage that they do to this kid. Mm-hmm. And then he has to go home, mm-hmm. and he's like, the monster blood is growing. I need to pour it in this giant bathtub. In a big bathtub in the basement, yeah. And my great aunt's cat is going to knock me into the tub. Did you mean Sarah Beth the cat? Yes. Sarah Beth the cat is going to knock me into this tub. Uh, I'm going to get out. I was I really thought that he was going to get sucked in and he was going to eat some monster blood. Didn't happen. No, no not in this book. Uh, and he goes to his aunt, Andrew, and what does he do? He writes a big note and says, I have monster blood and is growing and help me, please. And she just laughs in his face. Laughs in his face. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, I don't think that makes sense for either what the book reveals is going on or. Like what we what? think is going on in the moment <laughs> yes. that that happens. Yes, exactly. Like there's an, I also, I got, I got correct old Bob Stein here. I have a correction uh-oh. for this uh-oh. book that came out 30 years ago. Uh, Evan's going down to the basement to dump the bucket of monster blood into the bathtub. Uh, he runs into a spider web and then he suddenly realized it wasn't the web that was moving against his cheek. It was a spider with a sharp intake of breath. He brushed it away. But even after he saw the insect scuttle across the floor, he could still feel its prickly feet moving on his face. Spider's not an insect, Bob. Oh. Has eight legs, Bob. Dang. Hey, Bob, if you're going to, if you're going to, I know this is only your third one of these books, but if you're going to bill yourself as the S- Stephen King of eight-year-olds. <laughs> Gotta get the facts right, bud. You know who's, who knows a lot about bugs is eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Gee whiz, Bob. Do better. <laughs> Challenge yourself, Bob. We love you, Bob. We love you, jovial Bob. We're calling you in, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, so she laughs in his face, and I thought, in that moment, 
I had been, if I had been beaten up and was like bleeding in front of this woman and her cat tried to knock me into the, well, successfully knocked me into the tub of Monster Blood and she laughed mm-hmm. in my face, I would grab her by the shoulders mm-hmm. and drag her into this, wherever this bathtub is. I would push her into the bathroom. I would probably push her into it, but I would at least like sh- literally move her to the room where the monster blood is and say, look at it. It's monster blood. She's 80 blood. years old. Maybe her knees are like stairs get tough. I would grab a handful of it and throw it at her. There are just as any character having a cell phone would fix any problem in any 90s sitcom. Showing somebody, yes, showing anybody the monster blood for any length of time <laughs> in this book would solve the problem of why won't anybody believe me about the monster blood? <laughs> yeah, it's a real problem. Uh, so then there's a there's a section after this bathtub scene that I don't really remember why they are lugging bags of monster blood around the town they they have, they're trying to take it to the old toy toy store oh and that's and when the toy store closed yeah okay. Mm-hmm. okay and so this is i think this is andy's half of the monster blood sure i thought and they the, were both carrying bags well I, I thought maybe they are i thought evans was still in the basement but maybe i'm wrong i think cuz i i remember a thing where he is I was still really locked into how much pain he was in as he was carrying his bag of monster blood, and yeah, she I thought had it hers was, on his bike on her bike. I thought it was like Andy's bucket; like she didn't have something big enough to carry it in, so they dumped it in a trash bag. Hmm. But I anyway, anyway, is, yeah, they have they have some monster blood out, and they and dump they've it tried in a to trash take can. it to the toy store, but the toy store is gone, closed, and yeah. so they've dumped it into a trash can, which I guess is the textual basis for the for the two thousand eight reissue cover but still um Catherine runs out of the house waving a telegram from evan's mom i guess it makes sense because she can't hear yeah no she probably she probably have some kind of like a fax machine or something to communicate with the outside world yeah yeah um and it's like okay we're all excited Evan's mom and dad are finally spent, and they're coming back home from Atlanta <laughs> to pick Evan up uh, and return to their return to their humdrum lives. Giant Trigger the dog is so excited to see Evan that he breaks free, runs down the street, and knocks over a trash can. Uh huh. The monster blood gets out, and the monster blood gets out. Now it's just a big ball of. As the monster blood has gotten larger. It has gotten more capable of moving under its own power. I would never say so. The monster blood, not literally the blood from a monster, as far as we know, because it was just like gack that some woman enchanted. But it does get more. Um, it does. It does sentient? become able to do more as it gets bigger. Like it can. It can suck people down. It can chase after prey. It can, yeah. It, it, like and it, it moves it, it pretty can, fast, and it moves pretty fast. It can do more stuff, but I still wouldn't say that that rises to the level of of sentience. Sure, it's and I don't even I don't know in like D and D rules if gelatinous cubes have inte- like even a single intelligence point, but it's yeah, it's very gelatinous cube e. 
where, remind me to come back to this exact discussion a little bit later and in, in the in the post book sequence oh great okay yeah. um, so I, don't, I don't know how much of the after the book like the little funny interview with Darl Stein and all the other little like, oh, fun yes. activities uh-huh. that they do uh-huh. I've been reading all of those and there's some gold there's a really one. good one in this one yeah. um, so the monster blood is moving down the street it eats a bird and it eats the beamer twins it eats the beamer twins they're sucked into the blood and their their outlines can still be seen inside of its yeah gel- it is if you're thinking of it as a gelatinous cube from D, you're pretty much exactly there yeah because it's not like they they don't become one with the blood right away no they're in there they're not i mean they're weird. None, none of the things that get sucked into the monster blood during this sequence even are like hurt at the end no it's kind of it's because I, I guess it's a kid's book and you can't be like and there were the corpses of the beamer twins in the living room like it's just not it's not the vibe apparently in the dutch version <laughs> the twins never got spit out of the blood that seems fine because they don't have parents and everybody hates them so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, dec- decrease the surplus population i suppose oh my god <laughs> Uh, so the blood goes into the house after Aunt Catherine. There's a confrontation scene. We get a classic R.L. Stein chapter cliffhanger where they they kind of accuse Great Aunt Catherine of making the blood, mm-hmm. and she goes, "No, she did it." Mm-hmm. And every, and you think, "Oh, she's pointing at Andy," and you mm-hmm. don't think that because you're like, "It's a Goosebumps book. That's silly." Mm-hmm. And she's pointing to the cat. Yes. Which is now a woman. Yeah, it turns into a woman. Named Sarah Beth. And I guess, so I guess we spend so much more time on, like, the Beamer twins than we do about this, like, this relationship between Sarah Beth, the actual witch, and Aunt Catherine. (laughs) There's nothing in this book that prepares you for the relationship between this cat and this woman. (laughs) And it's just this, it was a witch... Yes. And Aunt Catherine was like, friends? Unclear. All we know is that the the witch enslaved Aunt Catherine. And made her so she couldn't hear anymore. And so she couldn't learn to sign or to to lip read. And she just had to do Sarah Beth's bidding for 20 years. It's not clear. Why? Sarah Beth, well, because Sarah Beth doesn't seem to have particular, like, she doesn't seem to want to take over the world or anything. It's just like, I just want to exist in this house sometimes as a cat with this woman and be left alone, I guess. Correct. And so I've made her my, I've made her my servant and she has to forsake all her worldly connections. It's, I don't know. I don't get, I don't get it. Okay. So he does try to seed this witch thing by putting a bunch of like magic books in the house and the kids and the kids are like does she do magic which is kind of what you're waiting for right but the kids also don't follow they don't spend any amount of time looking through the books to see no no that that sarah beth's name is written in the margins no (laughs) um (laughs) and yeah it's it's like a textbook with like it says sarah beth and then (laughs) you're supposed to write the condition of the book like good fair poor yes now what (laughs) i don't remember andrew did Catherine make the monster blood of her own accord or did sarah beth 
Sarabeth made her do it. Okay. Sarabeth made her enchant the monster blood. Now, why Sarabeth couldn't do it directly, I don't know. It's just like because there wasn't this also to be a makes, kid around. This it was also the makes thing. Aunt Catherine a, a magic user, which also yes. is not. Uh-huh. At the end of the book, Evan's mom shows up. I still don't know where Evan's dad is. More on that in a minute. <laughs> Evan's mom shows up to pick him up, like like sec, literally seconds after, moments after the the situation is resolved. And Aunt Catherine is like, "Hey, I can hear now. Let's go into the kitchen and have a conversation." I that conversation not depicted in the book, but it's the thing that I want to hear more than any other scene yeah. in the entire book. It's like, what it what what are you going to tell her, Aunt Catherine? These kids are worried that nobody will believe them that monster blood exists, but you're about to bring th- this like distant relative into your kitchen. They've had your only child in your care for weeks, and you're just going to drop all this like witch stuff on them, maybe? She might not say anything, dude. It, how, she, hasn't, she hasn't heard a person speak for 20 years. Mm-hmm. How's she going to explain that? That's I don't know. That's the thing. Like... It seemed like she was gonna take her in and tell tell her about the whole witch situation, and but anyway, like Trigger comes back into the house, knocks Sarah Beth into the monster blood. She gets sucked up into the monster breaks blood, the spell, and breaks the spell, and then she disappears, and the monster blood disappears, and the Beamer twins and the Robin are all they all Alive. emerge terrified but unscathed. Yep. Trigger shrinks back to normal size. There's a little bit of monster blood left. And the closing scene of Andy and Evan is, oh, bummer, you're going to move. And I think Andy says, my dad has a phone credit card. Don't worry, we'll stay in touch. Mm -hmm. And Evan's like, hey, do you want some of the monster blood as like a keepsake? Which is an absurd thing to say. It's an absurd. You would throw it in. You would like throw it down the drain. You would take it to Mount Doom. (laughs) Yeah, you would get rid of it. And he goes to pick it up off the carpet to give it to her. You would huck it into the ocean. And <laughs> like it's you gone. would not keep it. You'd, uh, you'd take it like the movie The Blob. You would take it to Antarctica. Because mm-hmm. freezing it is the only way to stop it. Yeah. And they go to pick it up off the rug and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. This book is what? Sarah Beth forced me to cast a spell on the can of monster blood. She had warned me that I was allowed no guests. You see, I was her slave, her personal servant for all these years. She wanted me all to herself to do her evil bidding. What her evil bidding was. Did she create the Beamer twins? Or just like go to the A&P and get me a pie. Like what? What's the. (laughs) What a small town witch this lady is. Yeah. Well, and then Catherine's plan was to like die by monster blood to like free herself maybe she was like donate to pat buchanan maybe she was doing like evil in a different sort of way that we aren't we aren't thinking about which is kind of out of the scope of like the kid pov that stein is comfortable with yeah but, it's but in i mean the if, you're, text, if, you're in, if you're in like 1992 maybe maybe sarah beth's like we gotta stop this ross perot guy <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's what she's doing and that's why he lost Oh my god. That like she talked him into dropping out of the race for that little bit. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of seeing it through and that's why he lost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Through Catherine who can't hear anything. Yes, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> again <laughs> what an unscrutable collection of references I just walked everybody through. Uh 
yeah, the way the kids react is absurd. Um, the moment halfway through the book where they talk on the phone about the monster blood and then Andy's like, hey, I was just watching a video. Want to come over and watch Indiana Jones? And he's like, no, nah, I got to deal with this monster blood. Mm-hmm. That part's wild. Um, I like that they... I like again, their friendship overall. Well, I, I like their friendship overall. I, I also am always fascinated in that that line between specific and general. Like they would go to Andy's house to watch the first Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, but the Beamer, the, but the Beamer twins had heavy metal bands <laughs> on their shirt. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like, you can you can tell the thing that R.L. Stein actually has some context for, and the thing that he doesn't. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to get to your your parental rankings? I didn't grade them ahead of time. I forgot to do that. You should, you should agree. You can just okay. So Mrs. Ross, I think I give a B minus. Yeah, and she's, I think that and yeah. it's a little high. I mean, she so she does leave her kid with a creepy relative. Uh huh. But also, she's I think making the best of iffy circumstances. Like she. She's being forced to to move to give up whatever community and pursuits that she has yes. in the, the place where they live to go with Mr. Ross down to Atlanta, like because his job has moved him. Yeah, and I think she, she is just trying to make the best of this, sure. trying to make sure that her kid is cared for. Yes, and and Evan never tries to loop her in on the monster blood situation. So she doesn't yeah. really, she doesn't have a chance to disappoint us in the way that Mrs. Brewer from stay out of the basement did good argument or that like doofy, emotionally unavailable dad from welcome to dead house. Did. Oh my God. That guy. Um, yeah, so I, I think Mrs. Ross probably our best parent so far. Oh yes. If we were doing a power ranking right now, mm-hmm. and a I parent think we power are ranking Miss mm-hmm. Ross at the top. Mr. Ross, and so you help me decide. I am I'm split between giving him a bad grade and giving him just an incomplete because he's barely a presence. He is being moved around by his company. Now we don't know what the company does, what his job is, why it's so desperate that he moved to Atlanta ASAP. I mean, it does seem like he's going to some lengths to provide for the family. Yeah. But he also lets the company like make major decisions without consulting his wife or son. And he does say, excuse me, like Link from the Legend of Zelda cartoon. <laughs> so like I, I am, if I were to give him a grade, I don't think it would be a great one, but I also just don't know if I have enough information to make a, you know, make a decision. Yeah. Is this think? like a did not finish? Like he, he it's does. Incomplete. Like he didn't show up for class enough for us to grade what his performance is, like what he could, what he could have done if he had been present. Yeah. He says, uh, he says he does know about like, he has misgivings about leaving Evan with Catherine. Yeah. She's a very old, stubborn old woman. I don't love like, I don't love how he's just like, well, she's incapable of caring for him because she can't hear. Don't love that. Mm-hmm. But he is mm-hmm. like, you know, concerned about the situation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, whatever. You do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just kind of folds. And so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm like, as I'm rereading his lines, I'm giving him negative husband points mm-hmm. for not like wanting to sol- be a, a like collaborative problem solver. Yeah. Though, I mean, at the same time, it is a Goosebumps book. 
you have to, there's a certain economy to the, just the number of characters that the book will hold and adults don't get interiority. They don't get like, yeah, yeah, there ain't, there ain't room for two fully fleshed out parents in a goosebumps. (laughs) No, it's true. I'm not even sure I can think of anywhere the parent is also being like threatened by whatever the, the monster or the situation is like, I don't, I, cause well, there are definitely, I mean, we just stories that stay out of the basement though. Sort of. Well, I mean that the parent is the horror in that I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking more of a, more of a, more of a stranger thing. Like, and I know stranger things is oh, a pastiche yeah, of like a hundred sure. different things. So maybe that's why it's good shorthand to reference, but there are, other stories where you get like a, you know, the parent and child or the, or the family or whatever is they're all in on it. They're all being threatened together. Yeah, sure. Um, we read that, whatever that book was about the, the haunted house, like the one that purports to be a true story. Oh yeah. About the, uh huh Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. Yes. Well, and the parents did get attacked in welcome to dead house. But they seem to have forgotten it very quickly. Well, and it was also in the, the like the last scene of the book, and they don't, you know, they also don't alert any. I don't, I don't know. No, no, I see, <laughs> I see what you're doing here. It's like he he brings them on stage to show you that they are not going to be connected to these kids for the rest of the mm-hmm. book. But you don't, you don't get a thing where like a monster is chasing a parent and child down the hall. Like that, that is oh, that's yes. adult, that's adult book stuff. Or even yeah. like even in Fear Street, he he gets into more of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is all like this is kids versus the world because that's the age group that it's aimed at. Does does Mister Ross? Can we grade him on a pass fail system? I mean, if it's a pass fail, he fails clearly. Yeah, I think we. Do. I don't think we give him a letter grade. I think we just give him a fail. We give him a fail. Yeah, did not complete. He did not and show I think up. It, to I think it, he didn't show up to enough class. He fails. Yeah, I mean, I think an incomplete is like functionally it's failing. Yeah, yeah. So we give him an incomplete. Okay, that's fine with me. Great Aunt Catherine, technically not a parent. I did give her. I mean, she's so she's just auditing the class, I guess. But I would give her a C minus. Um, she's clearly some kind of witch, which is cool. Um. She does endanger the children, which is bad. Yeah, but it's, it's bad. not of her own free will, which is sort of mitigating. So I, you know, I, without any textual evidence to support the laughing in Evan's face being a cause of this cat magic, I, I mean, okay, sure, I would bump her down to a D plus. Okay, I, I, I think that is reasonable. I, I think that the cat magic situation is sort of implied in there but also she does stand up to cat witch at the end of the book she wants which she, does she it's it's, it's no, well, not on so evan's behalf so, no, while while cat witch is still alive she says you know no more I, I won't i won't do this anymore so it's not like she's been magically forced to act in a certain way this entire time. Like, I guess if she had really wanted to push back against Sarah Beth, the cat, maybe she could have tried harder. Yeah, she could have to, to give Evan a heads up or to help him in the, the note, the note writing scene is really damning, isn't it? Because it really is. She does. She does do like the little be careful thing before. Like it's clear that she could drop breadcrumbs. He had been and, beaten and, up and, by like, bullies resist, and resist the witch's will. 
if she really wanted to. Yeah. But in this one crucial scene, she does not. Okay, I, I buy I buy bumping her down to a D plus. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, she's being I'm, coerced. I'm glad that she is she has, free. She, has, she also is dealing with a lot of adversity. Yeah. Glad that she's free. Yeah, I'm I glad would, that she's free. She does. She does pass the class, but she she can. She's not allowed to feel good about it. No, <laughs> which is what a D. Which is what a D plus is. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, that's Monster Blood. Oh, you want to talk about Monster the end? Bl- you want to talk about the, the extra special features? The last special. I mean, so there's one. Like, there's one in particular. There, there. The stupid Q and A with R. L. Stein is just so phoned in. Yeah, it's not um, great. He, the question is: Do you think you would be tempted to eat monster blood? And Arl Stein says, "Only if it tastes like banana cream pie." Yeah, and what then, is he doing in this Q and A? And then the question is: If so, what would you do once you were a giant? And R.L. Stein says, "Eat the world's biggest banana cream pie." Okay, Bob. Okay, jovial Bob. Yeah. Oh, the, maybe this book was inspired by a kid playing with slime. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. The thing I really wanted to talk about, and I don't remember that any of the monsters in the other books got this treatment. Maybe I should check real fast. But the monster blood gets. It gets a character sheet. It gets a character. It gets splat stats. This is from the Fright Gallery monster blood. And so do you do you just want to walk through what what are the splat stats? What are our what are our six statistics that <laughs> that a monster in a yes. goosebumps book can have? And this is after some kind of like, you know, personality profile like special power like stuff you might find in a wiki, like special powers, weaknesses, mm-hmm. favorite phrase. I'm seeing hobbies a lot of interests. Stuff in the back of Stay Out of the Basement, but there are no splat stats. Okay. And this has a graphic that says mm-hmm. splat stats. And it is and so a, it's on, it's 10 on a ten point, point scale, scale and each mm-hmm. point is a spider or blood it's a, splatter. It's a splat. Okay, they're it's a co- they're, Craig, they're called splat stats. Excuse me. Uh, it looked like it had eight legs, and I thought we were going to have to talk to Bob again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's six stats. Mm-hmm. Strength, mm-hmm. intelligence, mm-hmm. speed. Okay. I can build a system around this. Pretty basic, like, yeah. Attacks, uh, D&D tabletop stuff. Attack skills. Attack skills, which I feel like, I mean... Most systems make attack skills a result of the other stats that you have. It, yeah, but I also think there's maybe like a wisdom intelligence thing going on where yeah. they, they'd seem like maybe they would be similar, but it's it's different. Like attack strength is like brute force. Oh, this attack di- skills is about sort of strategy and and your okay. ability to think on your feet. How good I, are I, your I, moves? I can see figuring it out. Show yeah. me your moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we have strength, intelligence, speed, attack skills, humor. Mm-hmm. Now, is this how funny the monster is? Yeah. Like if you gave the monster a, a mic yes. and put it up in front of a brick wall, like how funny the monster would Correct. be? Or is this how funny the monster would be perceived to be by an outside observer? Well, I think those are one and the same, actually. Oh, you because mean like outside a, the book? Well, like a... like. If you see like an evil clown, yeah, it's just I just like, or I don't know, like if you got killed by like a cotton candy monster or something, like I I don't know. I feel like some monsters are just like a little funnier than I feel. <laughs> other monster. I feel like this one 
this stat humor, which the monster blood has a two in. It has a two. It's this is the dump stat of the. Well, I mean, intelligence and and humor are the monster blood's dump stats because it, it has a two out of ten for both. It, I feel like this is. I think you might have nailed it. This is how good would this monster be in a type five, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta believe that that dummy slappy probably has a 10 in humor probably yeah pretty funny probably pretty funny, pretty funny. now the the final no, stat monster, here, the monster blood is just like it could like suck up like dog poop or something it's and that gonna would make be, a fart noise yeah it could make fart noises mm-hmm. and it could have yeah it could have something silly inside it just like why does it have a two instead of a one you have to it has to have at least one funny thing why it, <laughs> it ate the beamers that's what's funny mm-hmm. oh, yeah oh, it's funny to see funny bad joke there come up and i guess if it ate a kid and on the kid's back there was a kick me sign mm-hmm. that's its idea of a joke mm-hmm. i just i want to have splat stats for the other for the, <laughs> the last now. stat is evil and mm-hmm. monster blood has a six out of ten in evil which I, I could buy, sort, yeah. of, sort of like a with it, especially coupled with its low intelligence. It's, it's an just evil sort of creation. a mindless. It's, it's an evil creation, but it's also sort of a mindless, instinct-driven thing. It's just kind of doing what it's designed to do, and it was designed to be evil, but it's not its fault. No, but you also there's no. It it is so evil in its origin that you cannot like dissuade it. I think that's why it's up at a six. Like you cannot, yeah. you cannot like convert this. You can't like find common ground. No, with like the this monster blood can't find religion and like <laughs> suddenly start volunteering. It's have you heard the good news mm-hmm. about the blood? Have you heard the good news about me eating you? I'm monster blood. And then there's a whole there's a recipe for Jello punch that's monster blood punch. Sounds frankly pretty gross. Yeah, and, and I don't know why they I don't know why they tell you to let the Jello gelatin set before you mix it into the lemonade or whatever then there's like a funny funny two out of ten humor quiz at the end of the book that is like i, I what, was more interested in splat stats what to do <laughs> and just like it's i mostly mentioned it because all of what i think the quote-unquote correct answers are uh have highlights in my kindle edition already they have the little yes too yeah, many yeah, people yeah, highlighted too. them so mm-hmm. Anyway, that's Monster Blood. Not a monster's blood. It is monster blood. It is monster blood. It is liquid that is monstrous. Yes, it's true. Um, Well, thanks for judging these parents with me, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we like a we like a system. We like a numbered scale, which we is do. why we are attracted to grading the parents and also <laughs> splat stats. Splat stats, which I really hope make a appearance and in, in the other goosebumps we'll see you next time with say cheese and die again andrew what do we say at the end of every episode of goosebumps i want to eat a banana cream pie i guess <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Goosebumps. Oh, you're a weird alien. A podcast about R.L. Stein's Goosebumps from The Boys at Overdue. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. And I, so I took Craig with my evil camera. I just took a picture of you 
and you were making a weird face into a mic like you were making a a weird voice and oh, that, was the, no. that was the thing that the evil camera predicted for you oh no exterminate <laughs> no <laughs> this is zero sh- one zero one zero 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 while craig reboots this is a podcast with a podcast where we're reading selected books from rl stein's goosebumps series uh, last month's episode, we read Monster Blood. <laughs> and so the next one in the sequence that we were going to read was Say Cheese and Die. We realized then that we had already read the book for the regular show several years ago. But we've come back for more evil camera action in Say Cheese and Die again. Goosebumps book number 44. And I can't wait to I can't wait to talk about this evil camera some more. Are you back? Yeah. Did, well, how do you make what's the Mac? Could you do the Mac boot up sound? It's like boom. There. We, I, you need to get you need. Yeah, I was gonna say you need to get some classic Windows ninety eight like. <laughs> yeah, my brain also goes to like modem sounds, but I'm not like jacking back in. I'm here. I'm back. Um, you welcome. Yeah. You've got mail. You've How got about that? Evil photos. <laughs> You've got an evil camera. Um, we were, yeah, we talked about Say Cheese and Die. I think it was episode 328. Somewhere in the 320s. I listened to it this week. Um, I don't know. You guys, you guys got Google. Go Google it. Yeah, go figure it out. <laughs> um, this. Uh, so last time we talked about a book that launched a miniseries, multiple mm-hmm. Monster Blood books. Mm-hmm. This time, as we've mentioned, we're talking about a sequel to a previous book. I think in our previous Say Cheese and Die episode, we talked about how there is another Say Cheese and Die book in the Horrorland series. Mm-hmm. Say Cheese and Die Screaming. Oh, yes. Okay. Which I don't, I'm not sure if it's the same evil camera or if it's just the same like concept, but this book is a direct sequel to the direct original Say sequel. Cheese and Die. Same kids, same evil camera, same creepy haunted house yep well sort of kind of yeah this is the 44th book in the goosebumps series it was published in 1996 uh i just want to say i went to the goosebumps.fandom.com slash wiki yeah you did um and i was just looking at where this was in the series and i saw what was the previous book in the series it was called the beast from the east Mm -hmm. and it's got kind of like a creepy purple furry monster doing like a kung fu panda pose i'm not really sure <laughs> and i looked at the summary and i was like dang i read that book mm-hmm. and i looked at the book that was before that and it was egg monsters from mars which we're going to mm-hmm. read later in this series yeah and for someone who did not read a lot of goosebumps books I was all over the mid-1996 release calendar for these books. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> you just you were deep into the mid-40s on Goosebumps and you didn't know. read anything yeah, out before I, that or after that? I, I, was at a, I, was, I went to two different elementary schools. I changed in third grade. I think I must have got a bunch of them at a scholastic fair in that fourth yeah. grade year. Yeah, you must have. Um. And just really gone to town on them. I don't really. This know. is this is around the like my last Goosebumps books. Like I I made it into like the early to mid fifties. I think before I had dropped out. Sure, sure. 
But I, and I also wasn't reading every single one. So Egg Monsters is one that I haven't read before. I can't wait to find out I what the heck happened in that book. I don't remember. Wait to read Egg Monsters from Mars. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we we've been reading the the first ones, like the the yeah. ones that that launched this global mega franchise, and now we're reading one of the like mid series ones. Not not only a follow up to a previous work, but you know the the machine is churning away at this point. Like oh R- yeah, R. L. Stein, who takes eight days to write a Goosebumps book, is just cranking these out. Probably. It's probably him. Yes, doing it. <laughs> and and, and yeah, so I I am curious to to know if you noted like a difference in tone or pace relative to the first three. And I don't know if you want to talk about that now or talk about it as we go. But it's yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited I, to be here. What is interesting to read a sequel to a book we've covered before, and to read a book a little further in the series. Yes, is. Maybe along the way, we should point out anything that feels similar or different to what we've encountered already. Because obviously, he's playing with horror tropes, even though his goal is not to, like, you know, make kids unable to sleep forever. His goal is to, you know, make a uh, an impossible thing happen on the page such that they are a little entertained and shocked, and then they buy another book. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some spots and there's some character beats in this one that feel like well-worn territory <laughs> uh, and certainly territory we've already, you know, and I don't mean this as pejorative, but territory we've covered in the three books we've already read for this series. Yeah, just say. like how many, how many permutations, yeah permutations of a pair of towering bullies can Uh we have in the Goosebumps universe. And it turns out that they are almost always the mini boss in a Goosebumps Mm -hmm. book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's do a quick recap of Say Cheese and Die, Andrew. Um, Yeah. We got got Greg Banks. We got Greg Banks. He's a kid. He's got no sibling. Well, he's got an older Older brother brother. who who we don't hang out with too much. Um, but the main other kids in the book are a group of three friends who he has. There's Sherry, mm-hmm. who you tried to call Cherie in the original podcast. Hey, by the I'm end still... of that episode, you were calling her Cherie. Don't, you know, mm-hmm. you did at least once. Sure. Cherie. Uh, <laughs> and Bird, who yeah. doesn't like that nickname, but looks like a bird. And Bird's then, the word. What, Mike, Michael, Mickey, some M One of them, yeah. Mickey, I think. We barely Michael. spend time with Bird and Michael in this No, Sh- Sherry's the, the secondary yeah. kid. Because, yeah. I mean, all Goosebumps books have a primary kid and a secondary <laughs> That's true. Kid. And that's how, that's how they functioned as the, as the primary pair in the first book also. Mm-hmm. But yes. this book really just leaves the other kids in the dust. They, they're, like, in it. And they get, you know, they, they, they th- those kids are a character trait apiece. And yeah. Michael Mickey is bad at jokes and Bird looks like a bird. Yep. Uh-huh. And they both do that like once or twice and then they disappear. Yeah. <laughs> um, As though someone took a picture of them with an evil camera and they vanished off the face of the they earth. They live in a boring town called Pitts Landing. Greg's, yeah, Pitts Landing is the Pitts. Craig, Greg's family got a new Ford Taurus. Uh, they to entertain themselves, they go to a creepy house and they find a cool old camera uh, and they take some photos with it and every photo they take of it 
causes causes or depicts it depicts it depicts some sort of horrible thing happening yes. and then shortly after that horrible thing does happen yes uh it is un and up until the point where later in the book sherry just straight up disappears mm-hmm. it is uh most of them all feel like they kind of just feel like bad luck that nothing like supernatural is happening because of the pictures other than the fact that the pictures are kind of predicting the future you know what i mean yeah yeah and i mean the camera itself is is noted to be weird there are no it's no place to put film into it yeah lens doesn't come off there's no brand name on it it doesn't it just it's a strange camera yes um and it builds through a series of unfortunate and scary events uh to sherry disappearing um again they don't really tell any of the adults though later in the book i think they try to tell the cops <laughs> and the cops are like whatever kid mm-hmm. um and they typical they do encounter a drifter named spidey andrew do you remember mm-hmm. what spidey's deal was spidey's deal is that he was a scientist yeah and he was an ev- he was an evil scientist and he says i was evil uh-huh. but my science partner was more evil so yes. he made this camera, and then I tried to take it. And th- th- so I just reread this last part of Say Cheese and Die. It's and absurd. I don't know what the I don't know what the good application of the evil camera was supposed to be. We are still. But, we were thinking about this. We couldn't crack it four years ago. We're not going to crack it now. <laughs> it's but impossible. Sp- sp- so Spidey's partner made this camera. Yeah, and then Spidey stole it uh-huh and then spidey's partner who was even more evil than he was cursed it which made it evil yeah it steals your soul of the chain of events yeah at, at its most powerful it steals your soul which is presumably what happened to sherry when she disappears and at its least powerful like happens to greg's brother terry it just like shows you reacting to bad to news bad that's news. happened to somebody else <laughs> Uh, there's a final confrontation with Spidey in the basement, um, through, through they what murder happens, him with the camera, through what happens multiple times in both books, people both grab the camera and they do a little like yeah. stage yeah. combat and then the camera goes off. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of like fighting over a loaded gun yeah. happening in this book and in the sequel. Like, so in the sequel, I don't know. Is there anything else about this one? The the first one you want to talk about? Well, like Spidey, Spidey is gone. Um, they kills because they because the kids murdered him with the camera. Man so slaughtered they, they, him with the camera. They murdered him with the camera man and they leave the camera in the basement. They leave it. Uh, except there is a little stinger of the two bullies, two different bullies from this book, uh, taking I mean, the, the I get- <laughs> taking the camera out of the house, which again is never commented on. Spidey is never commented on in this book. Really, I don't think. Um, not in any the, meaningful way. No, he never he never shows up. Um, like, they never mention him. I, I mean, I got to assume that that first set of bullies got killed by the evil camera. Yeah, well, you got to assume so. You got to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've got... We, what happens in these in these Goosebumps books that are sequels that have the same cast as the original is you have to come up with a reason why they would subject themselves to the, the evil situation again <laughs> unless unless it's a uh, unless it's like a malevolent creature mm-hmm. that has come back for them but in mm-hmm. but no i think what you're alluding to is 
what happens in this book, which is like, I have to go get the evil camera. Again. I presume I this happens the in the Monster game. Blood series as well. Like I Monster Blood I, reappears. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. Um, so Greg is in fifth grade uh-huh. now, and I don't know if it said what grade he was in, in the first book, but now he's in fifth grade. Yeah. And in English class, there are two things that they learn in English class in this book, and it's the subjunctive tense and everyone get up and tell a story about yourself. <laughs> I don't remember that part of English class. I don't remember either. The but so I know what you did last summer report that they are doing. <laughs> um, so this this crusty old teacher, Mr. Sour. Yeah, they call him they Mr. Call Sourball. Him, they call him Sourball because he's such a sour old coot. He's making everybody get up and give a an unvetted, off-the-cuff report of just anything that's happened to them and it's half their grade for the whole class it's also unclear to me here's what i'm confused about in the timeline of this assignment when does this uh, andrew tell me when does this book say cheese and die again take place in isn't it it's in the run up to summer break, right? Because those are the stakes. Which is weird to mm-hmm. to specifically then assign students what did you do last summer? An icebreaker right? activity. Yeah. And also like not to structure the class so that the final exam is you know, testing the children on all the stuff that they've learned. Yeah. That well, year. he clearly didn't teach them anything. <laughs> no. Because it's up to the substitute teacher who comes in to teach him about the subject, the subjunctive tense. Yes. And I also think that the previous book may have taken place during the fall. They just kind of retconned that part a little bit. Maybe. Just just so so we're all aware. So Greg, for some indecipherable reason, instead of getting up and like talking about, I don't know, his dad's cool Ford Taurus or like literally anything. He gets up and decides the story I'm going to tell is the story of the evil camera that nobody will believe. And then nobody, nobody believes it. No. And the stakes are high because his parents, who we'll talk about, have told him that he cannot go on a cool California adventure with his cousins for the summer if he doesn't get good grades. Mm -hmm. And... Apparently, this English class is like the tipping point. This is the linchpin. This is Nate Silver or Malcolm Gladwell's the tipping point, excuse me, (laughs) for his grades for the year. Mm -hmm. And Sourball's not having it. He thinks he made it all up. Yeah, he says A for effort, but F for fake. That that happens later, but it's, yeah, he's given an F for the story because it's ridiculous and it never could have happened. And so Greg is like, how am I going to prove that it happened? Oh, I have to go get the evil camera and show him, and then he'll give me an A, and then I can go to California and hang with my cousins. There's a lot in the first book, if I recall, that does, like, Greg is is appropriately worried about the camera. Yeah, like, he notices pretty early. I mean, he he does continue taking pictures with it for a long time after he starts to suspect that something is wrong. But right from the jump, he's sort of wary of it. The fact that this kid, I know he really wants to go to California. He does, yeah. His response to, wow, I don't believe your story about an evil camera, is not to say, ah, sorry, Sour Ball, I tried to get one over on you. I'll, I'll do a real assignment. 
is to say to double down. What if I go got the evil camera <laughs> and I showed you how evil it was? What a terrible plan. It's a terrible plan. And like that that's even assuming that you can find the evil camera which you almost can't because the old Co- Cotter the Kaufman pl- house. The Kaufman house has been, been knocked down. It's been torn down because some other expendable kid, his dad bought it and is going to knock it down and build a new house. My there. notes here imply that Danny and Brian, the two bullies of this book, mm-hmm. they do mock him after his report, which may or may not be what really fuels the fire of him being like well I'll, I'll go get the camera then it doesn't help it certainly doesn't help so yeah he, he encounters this boy named jonathan um they fu- the they find the camera under a dead raccoon under a dead raccoon and because greg can't be cool or chill about anything nope jonathan instantly is like why do you want this dead camera so much and, and Greg's like, don't worry about it. It's my evil camera, and I don't need to share it, and don't worry about it. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Camera uh, goes and Joe off. Joe is like, well, this looks like a might be a valuable camera, and this is my property, so why don't we go ask my dad about this? <laughs> and Greg is like, no, I need this evil need camera this. to pass English class. <laughs> I need this camera I found under a raccoon in your dead dad's not your dead dad your dad's dead house that he knocked down uh but yeah and jonathan steps on a nail just like the photograph showed yeah yeah they struggle the camera goes off it shows jonathan with a nail through his foot oh it happens the evil camera's back have you ever accidentally taken a photo with anything other than an iphone andrew you use cameras no it's just, just i mean though you and I would have to fight over a <laughs> camera to see if. Yeah, I, I guess it would depend on the shutter settings too. Like if it were, if it were just going to go off, or if it needed to do like some autofocus for. It, do you think it, this could, thing has an f stop? It could happen. Do all cameras I mean, have an f stop? F for fiendish. Oh, maybe. stop. <laughs> um. Okay, so yes, that guy's in the hot... Yes, F-stop F is a thing that they all have. It's in every camera. Okay, thank you. Um, They... Yeah, that that kid's gone. Oh, no, he shows up later in the book, but uh, very very briefly. Um, yeah. And Cherie catches him and is like, what's up with that? I can't believe you got the evil camera back. I've been spying on you, waiting for you to get to school because I just knew you were going to sneak into that old house and get that evil camera because those bullies and that horrible educator really got to you. And Greg's like, yeah, what of it? Basically. basically. And then they fight over the camera and it takes another picture. Yep. (laughs) And it comes out and it's a negative of Sherry. And she's like, well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a photo of you. <laughs> like, yeah. not knowing what the camera's... We know what the camera's... Spidey told her what the camera's capable of. Yeah, two wrongs make a right. Also- Sherry's revenge. And the, <laughs> and then the... His photo. So the, the photo that develops of Greg kicks off a round of the most fatphobic stuff I think I've ever read in any book. <laughs> It's wild. It and show, so it shows Greg big. And it talks about him like he's the the 
robot from Big Hero Six. Yeah, remember that one with like the big Michelin Man pillow robot? I have the text for you. I recognized yeah. my face, but I didn't recognize my body. At first, I thought my head was resting on top of a giant balloon. Then I realized it was a giant version of me. In the photo, I was huge. No joke, huge. I gaped at the photo, studying my big face and my even bigger body. My head was the size of a watermelon. My shirt was stretched tight over my chest and only came down to my belly. And you're right. I was, I had read this book when I was a kid, and I remember that stuff all being really wild and over the top. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's... But I described in a way that almost is making it try to sound like it's not just that he's a fat version of himself. It's that he's just like some puffy monster version of himself. Yeah. So the um, according to the goosebumps.fanum.com, a lot of the descriptions of the photo Mm -hmm. and other descriptions of Greg's size throughout the book, because spoiler the photo's gonna come true in some mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. um is a lot of stuff that is really specific to like you know uh like f- use of flab or other things that are like more about obesity or anything mm-hmm. are not in the text it is mm-hmm. like if you just you know what it's about because that's what the book was but like someone went through and was like it's just that he's Big. He's, He's trying just to make it just some more like body horror and less like wouldn't yeah being wouldn't fat being be large, the worst yeah. thing that could happen to a person ever. And similarly, the, the I think the with Sherry, it's like more emphasis on shrinking and less emphasis on weight. Yes. Um, yeah. So somebody went like I don't know if it was Jovial Bob or if it was Probably someone was at Scholastic Inc. <laughs> yeah. was just like hey. We're not going to just ditch this book. It's it's obviously the sequel to a very popular it's, book. Though um, I don't think it was in the like the re-release. Right? Cuz everything we've read nope, up to this point has though. been a reissue that was renumbered. This was still an ebook, but it was an ebook of the original. But this is but book. this is saying that the it was the 2018 ebook edition that right, changed right, like some of these. but it's it it is the, like the cover and yes, and yes. everything like it is of the original edition it's yeah. and it doesn't have the the wonderful behind the screams uh-huh. uh, interview with jovial bob or the splat stats or anything it's just the book it also apparently the original referred to Donnie and Brian uh the the bullies as sumo 1 and sumo 2 Mm-hmm. So there's also some stuff of them being really again like just yeah this kid gets really big because of the photo and it's whack and mm-hmm. Sherry gets really small because she but like in ways that are sort of don't make any sense yeah <laughs> like a Beetlejuice kind of way where she uh-huh. shrinks mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, lo and behold he's getting big. Yeah, and so <clears throat> so the rest of the book is like body horror happening to them while Greg tries and fails to demonstrate the evil camera to to Mister Sour. For like first he is thwarted by the fact that Mister Sour wasn't feeling good, and he left, and the substitute is there. And instead of watching forty minutes of Free Willy on the on the yeah. TV, they are going to learn about the subjunctive. <laughs> They're what actually going to learn stuff from a sub. That's what 
I like about these books and have liked in the books that we've read for this series is like occasionally just the rhythms of being a kid crop up and prevent it from being a traditional like horror movie. What do you mean? Well, like, like, like how everything is structured around the school day and yeah, like, or like classes that you have or, yeah. or in, um, I guess it was monster blood or, or even in the, the plant dad, uh, where it's just like, stay oh, out of the basement. Oh, it's dinner time. Have to go home now. Can't engage in the mystery anymore. Like, I have to go. I'm late to my piano lesson. Yes. <laughs> the parts where you're like, you still have to be a kid. Like, this magic camera is changing this boy's body against his will, and like he still has to go to class. <laughs> and the teacher, and, and later when he shows up, Mister Sour just makes fun of him. And then yeah, that oh, I wanted to cruel that man. Yeah, he was real bad. And then he, and then Greg, and then, so this is the same part of Greg's brain, I think, that thought that telling the evil camera story for this pivotal. <laughs> half my grade five minute show and tell was a good idea is he is like okay here's the ca- here's the camera i have a camera look at it here it is and then also here's a picture that the camera took before but i promise that i took the picture before the bad thing happened so now do you believe me <laughs> and it's uh- <laughs> and of course mr sour doesn't this is when he tells greg that he has an a for effort but an f for fake and Greg's whole summer is about to go down to toity because of because he hasn't gotten a good grade on this project. Had Photoshop been invented in 1996? Could he in have 96? done that? 96? I mean, I th- you definitely could have done something in MS Paint at that point. There definitely were photo or editing. Mario Paint probably even too, right? Yeah, sure, in Mario Paint, even though there was no photo in yeah photoshop came out in 1990 so photoshop was a oh thing. wow okay but it's not a given like this is back when software like you just like bought it like you b- would buy an object and then you just owned that thing <laughs> yeah instead of having to pay 6.99 for every single thing forever that you use in your entire life in perpetuity uh, so i don't know that well, and for and for photography, like you, you see Terry who has a job at a as a photo Greg's older brother studio yes. now, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and still, it's all still very like pre digital camera. It's still it's still film film being developed. Sure. Um, so it's not a given that Greg would have like a computer with a perpetual license version of Photoshop <laughs> on it to do these kinds of. modifications and and then you'd need to figure out how to get it printed like just the the infrastructure for all this stuff didn't really exist in the in the mid 90s to any significant degree i don't okay okay i think um greg's bad decision making in this book is probably why they kind of cut bird and michael like out of the plot like they don't really he and Sherry don't really let them in on what's happening. Well, because what else are they going to do? Are they also going to be mad about him getting the evil camera back out? Yeah. Are they also going to, like, I don't know. You you have a fat one and a thin one. Like, what? Th- those are the two the two genders. We can't it's have... so... Yeah. We can't have, like, Bird get really tall. <laughs> <laughs> I get... No, I guess. <laughs> like, what? I guess... You just pick a pick an axis to to stretch them out on. 
Well, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about this book that was very like goofy. And, and Goosebumps books just don't have like they don't have the they're not built to hold more than two protagonists. Kids. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's true. But I guess I was kind of surprised at how limited the uh, camera's impact was to the two protagonists. Like, yes, John gets his foot stepped on, but his foot goes through a nail or whatever. A nail goes through, goes through his foot. Same thing to John. He doesn't know. Um, <laughs> okay. But but no, it it really is just like they each get a picture of them taken. And then like there's some gross stuff later where they try to take another picture of Greg in he the hopes like that the reptile ca- skin, the camera would like de-evil him. And then he gets like, yeah, he gets really scaly skin that's just like flopping off of his body. And that was pretty gross. Like, that, that stuff's like, gross. In a, I say that in a complimentary yeah. way to, uh-huh. to jovial Bob. Like yes. that, that was... I got thrills and chills, as I think some character has said in every one of these books so far. <laughs> the the a thing I think the first book did a little better is, and it had nothing to do with the camera. Is the is the like, oh god, Greg's dad was in a car accident. Like the like, oh, I'm a kid and stuff out of my control is happening. Mm-hmm. This book could be about. The body horror of adolescence. It's not. It is definitely not that. It's not about our changing bodies. No, it is not about our changing bodies. It could be, and it is instead, uh, this kid is going to become a balloon animal, and this other kid is going to shrink into nothingness. Mm-hmm. And what, he goes to John. Why does he go talk to John he again? He doesn't go to John. He is trying to go oh, you're to right. Sherry's, I think. And John he shows passes up. John. Yeah. And John is looking for Greg and doesn't recognize Greg as Greg because he's become a balloon man in the <laughs> in the interim. Yes, that's true. That's so true. that's what that's where John shows back up. Okay. Okay. Now and also in the first book. They saved Sherry because he ripped up the photo where she disappeared. Yeah, so they forgot how to do that in this one, which I also I did also clock that. It's like they're they their first solution to the problem is to try to take another picture with the evil camera. No, in case that might fix it. Like you figured this out in the last book, and this is this is why some Goosebump sequels are a little fraud. It's just like. We conquered this horror. Just like, yeah. you know, you just just love the evil sponge again, and it'll shrivel and die again. Like you, like the, <laughs> the problem solving part of the episode is it's it's why you don't see an episode of like a, a Bones or Law and Order where they're like, oh yeah, we've seen literally this exact thing before. No, they have to get, no, and there's no need to do any investigation because we've already seen it. We know what to do about it. Yeah, no, they have to. They have to all be Men in Black mind wiped at the end of mm-hmm. every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is their solution, Andrew, to this particular problem? <sighs> well, they uh, go to Terry at the photo development studio and are like, "Can you?" take this photo and make it a negative and then take this negative photo and make it a positive. And I don't know a, a lot about how like traditional photography, like photo development works. I do think you need the negatives 
to do this. I don't know that you can take a developed photo and without using computers, just do a swap them like that. I don't think that's, I don't think you can. I I mean, Terry might have a scanner and a computer at the photo studio and he can just like do this digitally. That that's an option, but I don't, that's not how the book describes That's it. Not how the book is like, hey, Terry, take these two Polaroids, dump them in your magic photo water, make them come out the other way, please. It is not. I, maybe it would make sense for Sherry's, but like, it's still, you know, it's a magic camera. It, a, a negative can pop out of the magic Polaroid, I guess. It's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just fixes it because then they wake up the next day and they're fixed. And they're fine. They're fixed. And, uh, and then that's kind of it. Like Greg takes the evil camera into class again to try one more time to show Mr. Sour. No, he but wants he is, but revenge. He, is, he, he says the word revenge. He is. Yeah. He's going to use the evil camera for evil. Now he has been corrupted by the yep. evil camera. He's got spidey energy and sort of drawn to him uh-huh. in the style of the one ring. And now he's being corrupted. He's going to go into class. He's going to take a picture of Mr. Sour and Mr. Sour could die. Like, Greg is killed before with this camera. <laughs> and he's ready to kill again. Uh-huh. Manslaughter. Because this man's going to give him a bad grade. He's going to slaughter this, this man. And in... I mean, this would be intentional, though. This is this is premeditated. You can't... Sherry asks him, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? <laughs> and right. Or, like, what do you want to do? And Greg says, revenge. Like, it, right. it's It's premeditated. This is first-degree camera murder at this yeah, point. Yeah, okay. Okay. And he goes in to take a picture of Mr. Sour, and Mr. Sour's like, oh, uh, you and your stupid camera are back here. Why don't we take a picture of everybody, get everybody, get in the frame, and they take a picture, and the book ends when they're waiting for the photo to develop, which I think is a good ending if you're going to do a third one, I guess. Oh, no, I think it's a fine ending for I this think, book. I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine ending, but and, – and maybe it's what you were talking about earlier where it's just like – so few pictures are taken. Yeah. It the book feels like it's building to something that never happens, or like it's the first That's, part of first yes. part of a book. The so, instead of being its own whole thing. The, I think the 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 biggest issue I didn't come into this miniseries really to critique Bob, but I've got a note, Bob. Is just that this book? You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get better. Listen, Bob. We're not. We're not yes men. Like we're not just gonna tell you what you want to hear because I don't. You don't. You won't improve if you don't get notes. <laughs> I think Bob might agree too. Like it's hard. You can't. It's hard to defeat the camera a second mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You already vanquished freddy or jason or whoever like you know at the end of the second movie to your point Andrew, i think you're right it's like the book isn't going to end with them like getting rid of the camera again because we as the reader know that that's silly the camera's still out there now so this book is just like i think it's a fine ending to mr sour mm-hmm. but i don't know that it like you wanted more Spidey. You wanted more. I, well, the problem with the book is like th- th- they don't. There isn't an antagonist, and and mm-hmm. I mean the antagonist is the evil camera. I but, mean it has it has splat stats. 
Well, but but uh, what ca- I'm saying is that the book, <laughs> the camera has no three but splats of intelligence, two splats of speed, and a full ten of evil. The antagonist <laughs> in this book is is like Greg's grades and hubris. Like mm-hmm. it is, and the book isn't structured to be a psychological examination of Greg. I mean, but but who is the who's the vehicle for grades for for Greg's grades? Oh, it's Mister Sour. Mister Sour is the antagonist. Mister Sour is the one who must be defeated. Ah. Now, I will I will give you that that is super unsatisfying in this context because the setup is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, <laughs> and Mister Sour would hopefully i mean maybe maybe unions are actually bad but hopefully mr sour would have been drummed out of the profession by now I this is how so. he just treated children who are having problems i think the rise and <laughs> if he fall... just like made fun of them to score cool points oh in front of God. the entire class jeez i hate that guy i think also like the narrative release of oh we reversed the photos and we're better now mm-hmm. not being tied to the defeat of sour like -hmm. it just like from a you know i'm i'm a fifth grader reading this book i've learned Mm -hmm. that little squiggly line that shows rising falling action like it's Mm -hmm. not it's not working for me in this one Mm -hmm. i took the camera and that little graph showed up but it was all busted (laughs) that's the real evil um for the tv episode they did not bring back ryan gosling it's too bad. I mean, probably couldn't get him again. It depends on how what the gap was between the first one and it the was second several one. But maybe years. he got <laughs> yeah. maybe he got too famous for them to get back. Uh, the kid playing Greg Patrick Thomas did appear in two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, though. Nice, nice. Um, and they also recast Sherry. Uh, I think Jenny Levesque, uh, who has, according to IMDb, four additional voices credits where she is credited as being part of a loop group, just something sure. I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. They are groups of extras who get together to do like VO for crowd scenes. Which yeah. Kind of rules. I mean, it, it makes sense not to have to like find and pay a whole nother person. Uh, and she, she was in the 2019 little women, which is a good flick. That was kind of cool. My uh, little women, my little women. Let's talk about <laughs> the parents. There's a scene or two in this book we haven't talked about because they are parent focused. All right, so I've got, I've got, I'm, I've got my, my, I've got it ready. Okay. Uh, I don't. You, I don't know if you remember exact interactions with the parents in the first book. So this is a parent interactions strictly for Sagey's and I again. Uh, Mister and Missus Banks. I've rated them as a group. Because they don't really act as individuals. They're in always book. together in this book. They're always together acting as a, it, it's not a thing where like there's a clueless mom and plant dad yep. uh-huh. or like in Monster Blood where dad is just looking for a job and mom is the only one who anybody talks to. Yep. Like they, they are a, a unit, which I think I don't know if it helps my grade or not. I, I So I gave them an A minus and I'm willing Whoa. to be I'm willing to be talked down. But it's a high score because I feel like we're not going to run into that many good Goosebumps parents. <laughs> um, I, you know, I the minus is because I don't know that it's ideal to tie vacations to grades. But as a parent, they're going to let Greg go. Like you're going to, if you're, 
you're going to let him go on the trip to see his family and hang out with his cousins. Like, even if his grades are bad, you're going to do some, like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you you are going to make him feel really, really bad. But then you let him go because, one, that indebts him to you. You get a lot of parent <laughs> you points. Get some, you get the cool parent points. For being yes. cool. Yes. And then you still get to get rid of your kid for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, no, so I, I, I didn't I didn't believe the the threat not to send him to California. Yes. So I was going to give them a good grade. I honestly didn't think we were going to be as generous as an A well, so, minus. So the, the the good grade is because they are very they're appropriately appropriately concerned about his body horror and they try to help him. They do. They take him to a doctor. Yeah. They give him different clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, now that it is, I'll, I'll say also though, and you know, it's true that they don't, the Achilles heel of every Goosebumps parent is when the kid tries to explain what is happening to them and they brush it off and don't do anything. And the, and Mr. And Mrs. Banks are never put in that position in this book. They're never told directly about the evil camera. Greg does not go to them to try to solve his problem. So maybe they... Just passed here's because my they they didn't really get no. tested. Here's but my here's my argument. That's where I am. A minus. I get here's my argument for a B plus, Andrew. Okay. Okay. I yeah. All right. Go for it. I would knock it down from an A minus mm-hmm. because something in their relationship means that Greg would not tell them about the camera. Greg would Greg would tell Mr. Sour about the camera in For a, a grade, report. But he has not <laughs> talked to his parents. And and so do you think that this transcends the typical for this age? So we're talking about a fifth grader. Yeah. We're talking typical for this age, Greg's desire to have his own secrets and have his own stuff going on. He, like it is, it's more than the normal amount of that. He movie. watched a man die and talked to the cops about it. He killed a man, and he didn't watch a man die. I mean, he watched a man die, but he killed him first. He <laughs> saw a photo of a dead man and then saw a dead man, and then he told the cops about it. And his parents have never. Nowhere is evidenced in this book that either Greg attempts to tell to talk to them about the camera or because don't you think, okay, let don't you think I mean I don't I don't have to I don't have to go live with the cops though. I do have to live with mom and dad. But hold on. If he really wanted to go to California that bad, he's California dream and he wants to go. And he gets this awful grade. (laughs) Yeah. From Mr. Sour. Mm-hmm. If he had told his parents about the camera, if he had as strong of a relationship with them as maybe a, a parenting relationship, A, a is in the grade, uh, might denote, then he could come back and be like, Mr. Sour didn't believe my camera story, Pops. He's mm-hmm. going to give me an F. And then Pops can be like, it's cool. Go to California. We know that you saw a man die, and it was very traumatic. And oh, I, th- I thought you were going to have the parents call Mr. Sour and try to... Well, maybe that would happen, to too. And I feel like that... I, I, 
I'm glad that you didn't go there because my counter to that was going to be that Mr. Sour would brush it off in the same way that he brushes yeah. off I'm the, not, the picture of I, John with the f- nail I in his foot. I don't want the scene of the school board meeting with Greg's mom being like, this guy doesn't believe my kid about the camera. Like, I don't <laughs> want that scene. But I, I think, like, if they had the relationship that I, that, like, they clearly could have. Because the scene where he wakes up and his body is back to the way it was and, like, they're crying and they're all excited that he's healthy because they thought that he had some like awful allergic reaction yeah mm -hmm. you know like they care about this kid they do and it is moving i wish that he had felt comfortable telling them about the camera so okay that's my B plus I, argument. If I'm, I know, I know it's and it's a good argument, and I think I think it's it's persuasive. Ultimately, I'm just throwing, I'm just bringing all the possible counters. So oh, that sure, we can make sure that your argument is as strong as it can possibly be. Great. Are we when we assign these grades? Is it how good are they as parents? judged by the same standards that you would judge a parent in the real world <laughs> or is it judged by the standards of a goosebumps parent because i would argue if it were the latter they can't actually have that good of a relationship with great like they literally mm. narratively can't have the relationship that you want them to have because you can't like you're a kid you go to the book fair you pick up goosebumps book number 78 yeah the the dead the dead booger dog yep and you go home and you read this book and you crack it open and in chapter two or three the dead booger dog shows up yeah and then in chapter four bobby goes to his dad and is like i'm being terrorized by this dead booger dog and bobby's dad is like i believe you son let's take care of this and then the rest of the book is just like competent adults figuring it out like this is just not that's not the vibe no it's not i would actually <laughs> kind of love to see how that would go though uh but i i, I hear you what mm-hmm. i'm my question back to you okay as the person who introduced the notion of grading the parents mm-hmm Thinking, if you can remember back, I don't know if you can. To, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I thought it through this much, but yeah. I'm glad that we're exper- I'm glad we're exploring. I'm, this space. I'm asked. I'm interested in this space. I like being mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Do you think your first letter grades for Dead House were graded on this curve? I agree with you that this curve is a viable grading standard. Mm-hmm. Have we been using it throughout? It feel, we're midterm right now. Is it appropriate <laughs> to switch which TA is doing the grading? Just, so, so for Dead House and Stay Out of the Basement, I think the the parents are so comically bad. Yeah, that a that a gentle curve on the grading scale is not really going to change things that much. For oh, them. interesting, interesting. For argument. so for Monster Blood, we did give Mrs. Ross a B minus because she seemed like she was making the best of a bad situation with her husband like just like up and switching jobs yeah and yeah she did leave her kid with a creepy relative who she didn't really know but she seems like she's she's just out here trying to live like we all are okay okay you think do you do you you feel like 
if Mrs. Ross is a B minus, is a B plus enough of an upgrade to give to attentive parents? Okay. Okay. Who may or who may or may not have you know like That's- some age age appropriate kinks in their relationship with their like 12 year old that's fair it's a minus I, I and if let me let me work back let me bring in the the source text say okay. cheese and die mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and i i let me say okay if i bring in the source text because we didn't grade them in that previous episode we didn't no was, and that was a that was a failing of of us i'm very comfortable with the a minus for greg's mom a okay. little less comfortable. I would like to bump the dad down to a B plus because I recall in the because he does will he does willfully speed in the new Ford. That Taurus. scene is harrowing <laughs> as hell. He is like he can't make the lights work. He's driving seventy five miles an hour, screaming at his son in the back seat. Don't you love this Ford Taurus? Like I, Greg's dad seems cool. But I don't know that I'm giving him an A minus. That's okay. Okay, I think that I think that is the solution: is to instead of grading them as a group, you go back to the source text, grade them individually, and that's how we resolve the A minus B plus. I think that situation. feels good to me. I'm glad that some, we got here. You know, some schools will just give you an A minus B plus. Like that They'll is the grade. Do the you slash. Can get. They'll do the slash. Yeah. And like, which one is it? Like, just just pick one. <laughs> like, if I, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like just. If it could be an A minus, then just make it an A minus. Yeah. Why do you gotta? Why do you gotta try to bring me down by saying? <laughs> Don't bring I mean, me it down. could be an A minus. It could be a B plus. I haven't. I haven't thought about it that much. Now, Andrew, before we wrap up here today, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna send you a link in our chat together. Wonderful. It is a link to. I'm just. I'm just updating my my note to split them out into two. I appreciate that. I'm going to send you a link, Mr. Banks B plus car stunts. Okay. (laughs) To the merchandise section Mm -hmm. of the Say Cheese and Die Again uh, fandom wiki. Okay. That has a lot of sweatshirts and cool shirts. I just want you to click on some of these images and just tell me what you notice about these that they have the cover of the book on them usually and the title <laughs> what about this sweatshirt that says say cheese and again on <laughs> <laughs> yeah this say other che- one says say cheese and again say cheese what? and again do they all say say cheese and again? They there are multiple shirts that say say cheese and again because they didn't want to put dye on a shirt for kids. Wait, what's this one that has like tour cities listed on the back of it? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell if it's a parody or if it's actually Jovial Bob like making the rounds. Petrifying Phoenix, Lurid Los Angeles, <laughs> Mysterious Miami, Abominable Atlanta, Chilling Chicago, Bad Bad Boston, <laughs> Mystic Minneapolis, Shocking St. Louis, Alarming Atlantic City, Mayhem Manhattan, Chaotic Cleveland, Monstrous Memphis, Haunting Houston, Scary Seattle. I think it's just parodies. That might, I don't know what's up with that one. Boy, a lot. But all of these shirts do not say the word die on them. Why do they all say say cheese and again on them? 
<laughs> do we think that you get you pick up the the die subtext from the skeleton family on the <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Wow. And we just, I, I am glad that we're, we've gotten a chance to appreciate the, the art of Tim Jacobus on this podcast. Cause this wasn't one of the reissues. So it still has the original cover. Yeah. And man, that guy, he knows what's up. That guy was, that guy was doing a good job. And this book wasn't super. If it, it felt nineties-y, it didn't have as much nineties stuff as I expected. At one point, he not as many descriptions of wild outfits. No, he did say, "Who made you queen of the world? This is a free country." Which uh, nothing sounded more nineties playground than that. To than me. some kids saying it's a free country. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I yes, that you have to eat that sandwich. No, I don't want to. You have to make me. It's a free country. That is every 10 year old in the Mm nineties. Um, next episode, Andrew, we are going to meet a famous character in the goosebumps canon. Do you know who it is? Is it slappy? It's slappy. It's the night of the living dummy coming up. So, uh, buckle up for that. If you want to tell us about the scariest photo you ever took, Send us an email at OverduePod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at OverduePod. Uh, Andrew, this is the real outro, so if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? OverduePodcast.com is the internet website. Up there we have links to the books that we have read and are going to read, both the standard episodes and the fun goosebumps and bonus episodes. Uh, if you click those links, you can buy the book. Uh, you, from bookshop.org, your independent bookseller will get a cut of that. We get a cut of that and you get a book. So it's fun all around. Patreon.com slash overdue pod is where you subscribe to us on Patreon, I guess. Yeah. And you can get these episodes early, uh, including like every month drops instead of the every other month drops that hit the main feed. And uh, you can help us pay for books and hosting. And we did have to drop. I think probably more money than we've ever spent on any single episode of the show buying copies of the out of print uh, first edition slash fic Star Trek book. Yeah. That we're going to do an episode of in June. I think probably we've already done it by the time a lot of you are hearing this, but Mm -hmm. uh, you made that happen, patrons. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come hang out with us in the Discord. It's fun time. Uh, as we said next time, none of the living dummy, Andrew, what do we mm-hmm. say at the end of every episode of Goosebumps? Cheese and die <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs>